All right. It is April 7th, um, the night of April 7th. Tried to do this on April 6th and basically gave up on it. Thought, it's stupid. No one's going to listen. Nobody cares. It's not going to ever do anything. I uh, felt like that little kid that's going to grow up to be an astronaut. <clears throat> like, even the little kid knows that it's not real. But, yeah, they say that you can do it. You can do anything that you want to do. But you can't go be an astronaut. You're not going to go to the moon. It's just not real. I never tell my kids that, obviously. But, you know, it's just one of those things. And that's kind of what this was becoming for me. It just seemed stupid. I was trying to record it last night. It seemed like I was just talking to myself. I was just being a little kid. And it was dumb. So I was going to quit. I was completely over it. Um, but then all of a sudden today something crazy happened i started getting messages i had posted on Nextdoor, um, which is the facebook basically for neighborhoods and i think it hit it was like my subdivision and another 250 neighborhoods close to me or whatever so basically it hit olathe although that's cool we'll see what happens uh in every one of those posts i make sure that i put you know Please don't respond here. Just do it in a PM. I don't want this to be a political fight, whatever. Uh, and a lot of people were commenting on there, so I was a little concerned. And I was working today. But I went in and looked at it, and it was so positive. It was just so amazing. Everyone just wanted to know how they could help. They wanted to know what was needed, where where they could reach me, um, what I wanted specifically. And I kept saying over and over again, I have no clue what I want. And that's why we're here. Um, I wanted to help. I wanted to help so bad, and I had no idea how to do so. So I kept thinking maybe I could educate people. I keep seeing myths and lies and whatever you want to call it on Facebook and just dumb arguments once again. Um, and they get no one anywhere. You've got everyone's in a standoff, and no one's going to be wrong. Um, and I think that's probably maybe the biggest takeaway that I've got out of this whole deal is hopefully I can teach people that it's okay to be wrong. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe they'll be wrong. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we want to discuss everything through. We want to look at the facts. We want to try to give sources. We want to just prove it uh, one way or the other. Let's let's educate each other instead of hiding behind somebody who, at the end of the day, we don't know. We don't know if they care about us or, or our families or anything that we care about. Um, but we know that we're going to stand behind them because they're our security blanket and it makes us feel safe and secure. But are we safe and secure? Um, if we don't know what their motives are, what they want. So keep thinking like when I see someone coming up to a store, I open the door for them. If I see somebody struggling with a bag. I ask them if they need help. Like it's just me. I've always been that way. I get completely disappointed when a cashier at Walmart just, doesn't give me the time of day just just simply scans my stuff and puts them in a bag and sends me on my way you know and sometimes i'll even you know hey have a great day i really appreciate your help you know and just kind of nod and smile and i'll always tell my wife like well i wonder what's going on with that person wonder what's wrong with them like, they need to say hi like that sucks they're having a bad day that must be horrible and so i thought maybe you know i bring some smiles to some people's faces I would talk. That's all I got is, I don't know that I'd call it wits, but I've got breath. Um, so I can talk and so we're going to talk it through. So basically there's my first tangent. Um, you know, if you're hearing this, you either given me your words, um, given me some experiences, um, that I'd like to share. Or I really trust you, and I really trust your feedback. And I know that you have a good heart, and that you do care already, um, and that you already love, and that. So you can tell me if this is going in the right direction, or if I need to scrap it, start all over from scratch. Um, I do foresee this being, you know, more than just me. Uh, there's plenty of people on Facebook and on the internet and CNBC or whatever, like plenty of people you can just watch somebody talk all day you can just listen to what they have to say and their interpretation and there's nobody there to tell them they're wrong there's nobody there to question them there's nobody there to expand on any ideas or to kill any ideas if necessary 
there's just nobody there. You're just listening to somebody talk to themselves. Um, obviously, that's what is going on here, but I feel like this is a little bit more explanatory. So um, I want there to be a second person. I want it to be conversational. And hopefully, you know, over time, as I, I have enough people that respond, uh, you know, I can talk to the listeners, um, talk to you guys about your thoughts on things that have been discussed on the show and how, what other questions you have, um, just whatever just chat it out. Um, and so real quick, um, you know, I had a full on podcast outline that I wrote up for this and I was going to, you know, follow it to a T and I had it all organized and ready to go. And then I made it like seven minutes through that last night. Um, looks like we're at five fifty now. So getting close to that mark and already feeling better. And I scrapped it off. I was done. Screw it. It's just not ever going to work. Um, but then the messages came in and I started seeing it and I saw one specifically and brought tears to my eyes. Um, because I know that there's so many other people out there and it just proves what we need, uh, what we need to hear, what we need to know about what's going on in our own neighborhoods. Uh, Lake is a decent sized town, but you know, I'm sure this individual has, plenty of neighbors in their neighborhood that are very close to them and see them on a regular basis and have no idea of the the true struggle that's occurring um and that person doesn't want you know that person wants to remain anonymous and i respect that so much because it's so hard to give that story and so i guess maybe that's where i come into play uh, i just want to be that conduit i don't want to tell my story over and over again i don't want you to just listen to my interpretation Sometimes I just want you to read what real people have to say, not celebrities, not people that are getting paid to tell you whatever it is they're telling you. None of that. Just people that are living life, that are living real life. And, you know, I think the root of all of this, this whole project is that I just don't think that the world cares enough. Like people just don't care. I wanted to cut so bad there, but I'm not going to. I want to keep it clean. I want no one to be turned off by minutia. Um, but yeah, people just need to care more. So maybe if you hear what other people are going through and you realize, you know, maybe one of two things. One, that people are going through this stuff and it's hard. And maybe you'll be able to imagine yourself in those shoes just for a split second. Just imagine if you were the ones that had to put that pen to paper and write those words down because they're true, um, because they're what you're experiencing. And just, I want you to imagine in some situations how bad that would suck. Um, in other situations, you know, I've gotten some really good feedback. People that are handling it well, they're excelling, they're doing awesome, they're respecting social distancing, um, they understand everything that's going on, and they're just okay with it they've accepted it and they're moving forward with their life no matter how much different it is than it was four weeks ago um and so i think that's important here too because some of us are struggling during this time and we need to know that it's all right to be all right if you do have a good day don't feel guilty um and if you do have a bad day don't feel guilty live your life um there's no right or wrong this is coronavirus time um, you know, it's uh, basically Mad Max out here. So just try to make yourself smile as much as you can and just just try to live. That's where we're at. That's all we're all trying to do. Otherwise, who cares about stopping the plague if we don't want to live? All right. Now I would like to go ahead and start reading the uh, listener notes that we've received so far. Um, I do appreciate everybody for reaching out and submitting the letters. <laughs> All right, so letter number one is anonymous. Uh, we're 68 and 78, have no family nearby, have limited number of friends, do not listen to the news anymore. I try to keep busy, but most days I do absolutely nothing. My husband has some mild dementia and likes to go for rides. We do that once a day. Stay in the car and ride around parks or lakes for one to two hours a day. Some days I Skype with grandkids. Try to speak to adult kids a couple times a week, but my anxiety is high and my mood is low, and I could be doing much inside and out, but it's very hard to get motivated. If my husband was to do it with me, it would be better, but he doesn't do much. It's like I was saying earlier. Some people don't have it so easy. 
Um, I know I've got problems, but I don't have the same problems. And so I reached out to this individual and, you know, said, hey, you know, maybe you need somebody to chat with, just somebody to talk to. And hopefully we'll be able to do that from a safe distance in a safe space uh, for everyone's health. But, you know, sometimes that's what they need. I think I uh, volunteered my kids to be stand-in grandchildren, you know, to once again, hang on the driveway and talk, maybe Skype, whatever, pull some weeds, mow the grass something whatever make them smile take a little a little bit off their plate that's what it's all about now the next one uh, i'm answering a question regarding how i feel about the pandemic i would like to remain anonymous again um <clears throat> we thankfully have jobs that allow us to work from home full time and we are so lucky uh our child goes to private elementary school which is physically closed but is still having full day classes online the balance between work and helping her organize her school day and finish uh, homework nightly is very, very hard. I feel overwhelmed by this increased life stress, workload, lack of support, etc. At the same time, my family has gotten very close and we have a lot of fun. We have designated my husband as the grocery runner, so other than daily walks, I have not left the house. All of these things make for an alternate reality, which is still good, but the transition has been stressful. I have good days and bad days, but I'm prepared to weather this storm for the next month and on and off again for years if need be. I hope this gives you some information for your project and thank you for letting me vent. <clears throat> That's nice, you know, things could be worse, but they certainly could be better, but they're making it through. Um, it sounds like they've worked out a system and that's great for them. You know, and uh, hopefully anything, any issues that they are experiencing or any problems like that, hopefully they will get better. I think to everybody I reached out, you know, and just said thank you really more than anything. Thank you for trusting me with your anonymity. Um, like I said, this cast is only going to go out to probably two or three of friends of mine. And then other than that, just people that did submit something or say something. Um, I think that I owe it to you guys to send out a completely unedited version to show what I want to do with it, um, a very rough version of that, and show you how I want to use your words and how I want to use your words to help other people grow, um, but not abuse your words and not abuse your trust. Uh, it's very, I don't know if I've said it yet, and I think I did say it in a lot of my message, but it's extremely humbling what I've heard. I was definitely moved to tears today on more than one occasion, um, both happy and sad. and maybe either way it was probably good um <clears throat> this next one was probably the uh, i don't know can't i don't even know there's no way of ranking them but it was very hard um it said i appreciate you asking a question that some don't feel comfortable answering publicly for fear of ridicule or being told to just suck it up i am not okay my staying at home started i don't want to say the date for anonymity but started before COVID uh, because of the surgery. Uh, by the time of my birthday rolled around <clears throat> a few weeks later, uh, not only was I isolated, but couldn't even go out to celebrate. I live alone and suffer from bouts of depression. I also tend to isolate myself due to my introverted nature, but also my shyness, which had followed me around my entire life. I went from feeling like I've been thrown into a surreal nightmare to a complete breakdown of emotions when COVID became personal. I've tried not reading the stories or turning into the or tuning into the hourly updates and press conferences, but my emph emphatic nature still prevailed. <clears throat> Sorry, my empathetic nature still prevailed. A very good friend had to put her mother in hospice from a long distance because she can't travel to be with her as she dies. How is that fair? It broke my heart for her. A few days ago, after nights with nightmares about being hunted down and killed by masked people, I couldn't control my emotions. I cried and cried. I acknowledged to myself that sometimes when I get that way, it's because I'm getting sick. And sure enough, my wild emotions told a tale. Slept for 16 straight hours, woke up still exhausted, sleeping on and off ever since. Sweats and chills, aching body, especially after post-surgery, horrible headache and a cough. I don't know if it's COVID. I know that I'm alone. That's how I am. 
please leave this as anonymous, but thank you. That's hard to read. Uh, it's hard to hear that that's going on in this world. We live in a privileged society. Absolutely privileged. And this is in suburban Johnson County, Kansas. Um, there's just no reason for it, but it's out there. The pain is out there. And hopefully, you know, her just being able to even tell me her message will help her to feel better. And hopefully being able to hear this message and being able to hear responses to it, um, responses of encouragement, of hope, of care. You know, I think that was, the, I wrote her a very long response, very personal response. Um, and one thing that I definitely said in there is that, you know, she said something in her in the letter that I've said oftentimes in the last couple of years. It's been a rough couple of years. But Austin often said, I'm all alone. I'm all freaking alone. And it's not true. And that's what I told her. I, I, I promise you, I promise her it's not true because I care. I don't know her, but I feel a love for her. I feel a need to be there to help, to do something. So none of us are alone. We've all got somebody. We just got to get that message out there. We have to ask for help sometimes, and that is the hardest thing to do ever. Um, but once you find somebody that wants to hear, that wants to know that you need help and wants to help you, then it's going to get easier. So hopefully all of us together, we can do that. Um, the next one is just that. Um, a guy from the next door post commented, hey, I can help. Let me know. And I told him, I said, man, that is the attitude I want to see. That's what it's all about. It's just wanting to help. I don't even know what's needed. That's why I'm here. That's why I started all this, because I don't know how to help. But I said, thank you, though. And I said, and I will let you know. And he said, my family and I have been through difficult times, and many people have helped us a lot. Now it's the time to return some of that hope. Um, that's awesome. That's powerful. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to, he's going to get to hear this. Uh, I'm with the first little group here and know that he'll be on that list. He's, he's going to hear about it. That's awesome. And that's what I want to hear. And that's what people need to hear. People are willing to help, not because they need something back, not because they want a financial gain, not because of anything, because they feel a need to help and because they want to help. That's how I am. I almost see helping others as a selfish act because I get so much out of it. I get high out of it. Someone thanking me, someone treating me like I'm a hero, giving me a smile, looking me straight in the eyes, knowing that we see eye to eye at that moment. We're 100% equal and that it's all about caring. Like that is a high. And so be selfish. If that's what it takes to help somebody else, be selfish. This person said, I'm looking at the situation as a blessing. My house is cleaner than it's ever been. My discovery that Hen House delivers groceries has been wonderful. Crafting has been off the charts at our house. Homemade jam and salsa has become a family favorite. If you have a positive attitude, anything is possible. Good luck on your project. You know, I come back and say, I agree. You know, it's a great attitude. And she responded. So my 87-year-old mother lives with us. She made a sign for our neighbor. It said, I love watching your dogs. She looks out her window and watches them play in the yard. Tonight, the neighbor brought flowers to her. It was so sweet and made us cry happy tears, the best kind of tears. These are the stories I love sharing. God bless you and your family. And these are the stories I think that we need to hear also, that there are little pieces of light, little rays shining through the clouds. And sometimes it feels like it's not going to get better. Sometimes it feels like this is the worst thing imaginable, but it will. And I do want to cover now is just the good stuff, you know, the good stuff and the real stuff. So a few things, you know, people helping people already, um, things that I've found just organically, just that I've heard, not looking forward, not asking for just heard in simple conversation before I even considered this little project. Um, you know, my wife gave, we had supplies given to us uh, by people that had a little bit extra, not that they'd been hoarding, but they had a little bit extra to, they had some to spare. So they gave it to us. And, you know, maybe with what they gave to us, we had a little bit to spare. So we gave it to our friends. Um, 
And then they had a little bit to spare. Uh, my wife's friend reached back to her and said, hey, do you mind if I share this with so-and-so? She's a single mother and she needs this. And she said, of course. She said, I'm, I'd be offended if you didn't. Um, and then it just keeps going down the chain. And that's how we start making differences. Um, so I do want to find, you know, some examples of people that are doing that. If you know of somebody that's doing that, let us know. Let's shout them out. Um, I say, you know, everything that you do on here, if you're not comfortable having your name out there, be anonymous. You, you don't, no one needs to know your name. Uh, but not the heroes. We want to know the heroes' names. They need their names out there, and they need that pat on the back. They need to know that they're doing something good, they're doing something right, and that it's noticed. It's not for nothing. People care. People care about you just as much as you care about them, and the heroes need to hear that. You know, I've heard so many stories of people learning new skills. Uh, my wife's trying to learn how to make masks. I uh, bought a sewing machine just for the just for the purpose. Never done it before. No desire to. Uh, no need to. Just, I don't know. We're not that generation, I suppose. But we've got one now, and we're gonna figure out how to use it and donate to it. Um, <clears throat> there's businesses around the city that are making sanitizer. There was a Rieger's distillery. Uh, you know, it's a whiskey distillery downtown in the West Bottoms, and they were making sanitizer because they had the alcohol. So why not? Let's help people and help a little bit of uh, income for themselves at the same time. I noticed at the liquor store the other day, uh, one of my two outings in the last two weeks, uh, they had uh, advertised on Facebook that they did the, that looked like they had made sanitizer. Um, it's just people doing whatever they can. I was able to find, you know, I've, we've all heard stories about GM and Ford talking about, you know, they can use their automobile plants to make ventilators um, or supplies for the ventilators, whatever the case may be. Uh, people figuring out how to 3D print them. Uh, parents becoming teachers. You know, it's, it's just crazy. Everybody's learning new things. It's a new normal. And I keep hearing that over and over again. It's almost to the extent that it gets annoying, even though I feel like I was saying it a week or two ago before. Like we need to get uncomfortable. We need to get out of our shell, uh, out of our comfort zone, and just be willing to be uncomfortable for a while so we can beat this thing. And that is, that's what those people are doing. They're so far out of their comfort zone that they're learning new skills. Skills that if they wanted to know them before, they would have known them. If they wanted to be in that business before, they would have been in that business. They didn't. But they see that people need it. They see that the nation needs it, the world needs it, and they're trying to do whatever they can. Um, I want to make it important to shout out like challenges, things like that, or challenges, sorry, I was reading uh, this URL, but like charities and things doing good works. Uh, two of them that were given to me this week by a close friend were the Million Mask Challenge and millionmaskchallenge.com and frontlinefoods.org. Um, when I do get to a place of actually being able to upload the podcast and have it, you know, hosted somewhere, as opposed to just sending it out to the trusted few, um, I want to include links to these resources within the descriptions. Hopefully we'll have a website that goes along with it. So these charitable organizations will have a permanent link on that site. So we know that, you know, people can always get a hold of them. Um, we're going to beat this thing. We're going to do it eventually, but it's a long road ahead of us. And it might not be the first road of its kind. Um, this is all this proves is that what we previously considered impossible um and like by previously i mean three months ago considered impossible is very much so possible and so we need to be ready for that we need to be ready to care we need to be ready to help and need to be ready to put other people first at a moment's notice when this happens and i think that maybe that will be the uh main piece of growth that comes out of this whole deal I and mean, there's got to be a silver lining to every every cloud um somebody the other day called it a corona lining so i guess there'll be amber i think amber lining um but yeah there's got to be something so let's not waste it um so anyways there's millionmasschallenge.com uh if you looks like if you're able to sew organize or donate financially to their organization um, there is a website that you can do so, and it looks like it's pretty easy to do. They've got patterns to help you learn how to sew them. Um, it's pretty cool.
they're doing good things and they're going straight to healthcare workers. They have a full-on procedure. So if they need you or if you need them to pick the mask up from you and deliver it, they're more than happy to do so. If you're capable of shipping it, that's also okay. And they'll have uh, very specific instructions to make sure that's done so cleanly and it doesn't further any uh, risk of transmission and things like that. Um, the other organization here is frontlinefoods.org. Um, they're, I love their motto, fueling care in times of crisis. Uh, that's what we're trying to do. We want to fuel care, not just in times of crisis, all the time. Um, but they're specializing right now. Now is their time to shine because uh, if this isn't a crisis, we don't know what is. 100% of your money goes directly to restaurants that are serving hospital workers. So it looks like they, they've actually raised $1.1 million so far, and they've managed to... What, they've reached 27 cities, um, 7,300 mills delivered. You know, I don't really know the specifics of the organization, but it's all about keeping healthcare workers fed. Um, as this progresses, obviously they're at the highest risk of not only getting the virus, but retransmitting it onto someone else. So it's really important that we make sure they have everything they need and that they're as comfortable as possible. For one thing, if your mom or dad's in there, you know, you don't want them to be hungry. You, you don't want your mom or dad to have a hangry doc, doctor when it's life or death situation, you know? So let's keep them comfortable. They need to be able to stay on site, obviously, as much as possible. I would hope it's very near 100% of the time for, you know, a certain amount of time frame because we have to protect against retransmission and we all have to be uncomfortable. And it really sucks for people like that. Um, and so the rest of us need to make sure that they're taken care of, that they're not suffering just because they want to care for someone else. Uh, a lot of those uh, doctors have pretty big houses. And I can tell you, I think that they're, a lot of their houses would probably be a lot more comfortable to weather the quarantine in than what I feel like mine is. Um, but that's not where they're at. And that's not where this food's going. This food's going to the hospitals. They're in there trying to save lives right now. Um, leaving healthcare aside and the cost of healthcare and, and medical costs and things like that, God knows I've incurred plenty of my own um you know now is when they're earning that money it's i i think it's bs the rest of the time but right now pay them give them that money they're saving lives right now this is they are the superheroes you know the rest of us be heroes like i want to shout out the heroes i want to hear about the people that are just helping just the little guy and we're gonna shout out a few here in a minute but like these are the superheroes they're the ones capable of saving the world, of developing what needs to be developed to make this change. Um, so yeah, I'll always keep that goal in front of you. Um, some of the other things I've seen, you know, just driveway chats, just people talking to neighbors. Um, I think that obviously that's the goal of this. I've said it over and over again. I think that suicide rates were a very huge problem in this country prior to the virus, and there's no way that they've improved with people being in isolation and being alone with already dangerous thoughts. So um you know just driveway chats that probably goes a lot farther than any of us know just standing there 10 15 27 feet preferably just in case a sneeze erupts um apart and just asking somebody how their day is and just talking who needs that um <clears throat> i've got a brother that's mentally disabled uh intellectually disabled and you know, think about what he's going through at a time like this. We can all understand what somebody like that's going through because you can see it. Think about somebody with Down syndrome um, in a situation like this. They don't know why they're there. They don't know why they're stuck there. They don't know why they can't leave the house. They don't know why this is happening, but they can't stop it. They have no control over it. And you can see that and you want to comfort them and you want to make them feel better because you can see that they can't help it and that they're going through a tough time. Um, depression and other mental things like that anxiety depression all of it um suicidal thoughts tendencies whatever you want to call it all of that is just as real and it's maybe not as visible but it's just as real you know you can mask it with a smile but that's just a band-aid it doesn't mean that it's fixed um and so just keep that in mind as someone that's probably not probably as someone that's lived with both you know i've experienced it with my family members and and with my own thoughts and things uh i can tell you it's it's hard and 
until you've been in those shoes, it's hard to experience or to even consider what it's like to be in those shoes, just like it is with somebody that's mentally handicapped, that's uh, learning disabled stuff. Um, <clears throat> a couple other things I thought I saw, um, you know, there's a muralist in Los Angeles that they highlighted on the news that she just, she's painting simple pictures, nothing special, nothing crazy, no ugly graffiti, nothing looks like gangs, just nice pictures because her brother is a doctor and she thought it would be nice for him and his coworkers to have something nice to look at when they went to work. Um, and she said, it's just all about bringing a smile. Um, I'm going to actually, I've been trying to reach out to her um, to see if potentially her, it looks like maybe there's a group of muralists are actually kind of undergoing the task um, to see if we can talk to them and what's going on there. What's, what's happening in California? It's a lot worse than it is here. And hopefully soon enough, uh, we'll be hearing from there personally and we'll get some of those experiences and we'll be talking to people from out there. Um, but for the time being, you know, we'll do the best we can to just make sure that everyone knows what's going on everywhere. Um, it's a lot easier to care when you can see it. So as so I go through here, uh, one of the things, you know, it's kind of the little general ground rules for the podcast is that I don't want any politics or religion to really come into play as much as possible. Um, obviously, it's going to from time to time. Uh, that's the basis of a lot of our arguments and opinions in America these days. We That's that security blanket I was talking about. Um, it, it's easier to say something if you're able to say, well, I say this because I believe this. And no one can really argue that. You know, once you get to the point, well, I believe it. Uh, how do you dispute that? I mean, then, then facts don't matter and it's, it's blind faith. And if you know, I, I have no disrespect to anyone that would like to live their life that way, but I personally would prefer to discover the truth and know that I'm on the right track and be able to prove it to myself. Um, and sometimes that doesn't matter either. Sometimes it's just a matter of listening, caring, loving each other. Um, so hopefully everyone will find a little bit of something in this. And if we can leave politics and religion at the door, as much as possible, regardless of how important they are to you, then hopefully it'll help your message get across to everybody. So no one slams the door in your face simply because they don't like which direction you lean or they don't like which church you worship at uh, or which God you worship under. Like everyone, everyone has a voice here. Uh, I want this to be a community of people, of individuals and not a click, a group of clicks. I don't want this to be um, the Jehovah's Witnesses that care about each other versus the Baptists that care about each other versus the Jews that care about each other. Like, it's not that. Because then all we've got is a smaller America again. And we're right back at square one where, you know, sometimes the wrong decisions can be made based on finances and things like that. And that's not what this is about. It's just about caring. Care about the person. Forget what they look like, forget where they come from, forget what they've done or what they do or what they might do tomorrow. Just think about the person. Just think about the person that has to hold that pencil and has to put it to paper and has to write that down and live that life. Um, there's going to be no arguing, getting into submission. I mean, like the, hopefully someday there will be callers. Um, they can still remain anonymous. But at any point, it's just not going to be about getting into submission. It's going to be about showing your side and why you believe something and and where that's derived from and hopefully everyone can learn something um if not what's the point if you're just arguing and no one's gonna no one's gonna submit then we've wasted our time and we've made the whole problem worse one thing also you know on top of wanting to hear your experiences your feelings hear what you're going through and things like that you know i'd like to hear your feedback on what you hear um, let us know. Do you have questions about what came up on a previous episode? Do you have further comments? Do you disagree? Do you agree? What is it? So I'd like to hear about it. Just let us know. Um, I want to set up a specific podcast email eventually. I should add some anonymity on my side. Um, I did notice that next door, I had a lot of responses because I know nobody in uh, Olathe, basically. But on Facebook, not so much. And I think it's because it's hard to talk to somebody that knows you. Uh, it's hard to be real with them. Um, and some people would rather just not respond at all than be fake, which I do appreciate. Uh, but I do think it's also important to get that out there. So uh, what is...
<laughs> All right. Sorry about that. Um, I guess technically East would have been our uh, first guest on the show. So thank you for that. Um, and I was getting ready to go and edit that out. And then I realized maybe that's perfect. That's what we're living through. We're all trying to do stuff. We're all trying to work. We're trying to get stuff done. And we're trying to do it in not ideal situations. Um, obviously, even if things were great, it's 11, 15 at night, I'd be at home. Uh, but, you know, it's just, it just is what it is. Uh, it was the same thing at three o'clock this afternoon when I was trying to work. And, you know, they've got to be kids and they've got to have fun. And you've got to remember that through all of this, that, it's not easy on them either. So, you know, I, try, I want the message about this to be all about helping people, but don't forget about the little people, the short ones, the young ones, the kids. Um, Easton can rattle off coronavirus better than maybe anything in his vocabulary, you know, and he doesn't exactly understand what it is, but he knows it's bad. He knows he needs to wash his hands and he knows that it's important to protect against it. It's scary. They've got to live it too, so don't forget. Um, in future episodes, and maybe maybe as recent future as tomorrow. Recent future isn't a thing, but as soon as tomorrow, um, <clears throat> you know, one thing I wanted to go through are just myths. Um, I constantly see myths, rumors, things like that, uh, and I see in what I would consider fairly reliable sources to be you know, considered as basically experimental as something is very interesting and we need to try, but haven't done so yet. But then, you know, within minutes, I'll, I'll read on social media that they have it. They've got it. It's ready to go. We're doing this. And it's just not true. Um, it's intellectually dishonest is what it is. I hear a lot of facts and numbers thrown out and they look legitimate. Um, you know, the myth I wanted to talk about tonight was just how it compares to the flu. Everyone says it's the same thing, but the biggest difference is that we don't know anything about coronavirus. Um, we know that it's not the flu. We know that it transmits easier. Um, I hear a lot about the numbers getting thrown around and, and the fact that the flu was, you know, just as deadly or worse last year. Um, but I think one thing that we forget is that w nobody knew what COVID-19 was. It wasn't a thing before. I don't even know. You know, maybe it was named six weeks ago now, eight weeks ago. This is April 7th. Um, you know, what kind of inspired this whole thing is that on March 7th is when I found out that the first case was in Johnson County, the day after I turned 35. Um, kind of changed perspectives on things a little bit. Um <clears throat> But anyways, you know, we're comparing the numbers in something that has existed for us for two months now to the full run of other diseases. You know, that's nothing like the Spanish flu. It's not even close to it. Why, why are we so worried? What's the big deal? Well, you know, I mean, except that the world had like a quarter of the population or something 100 years ago, and the Spanish flu lasted a couple of years. So you're comparing apples to oranges in a very big way. Uh, one thing that I have noticed, um, you know, is that COVID seems like it's carried a pretty consistent 5% death rate. Um, the flu does not do that. It's like, I, I thought it was around 1%, but then I've seen other figures that were quite a bit lower than 1%. So anyways, it's, it's considerably lower. Um, and if you put a number to that, I mean, just figuring out what, you know, 5% of what 7 trillion is, it's a lot. It's a lot of people. It's just scary number of people um you know and the fact that we don't know if you gain a full-on immunity to this they don't think that it's a lifetime immunity from what i've read so far either that or they just there's no way to know i suppose um it's not old enough to know um there's no vaccine for this there's no cure there's experimental stuff that nobody knows anything it's it doesn't discriminate anyways like i said i don't want to talk about it at this moment I think it's important that we discuss that to make sure that this does stay educational to a certain extent and that we can discuss, you know, what is a myth and what is real and what can we prove? What can we look at from verifiable sources? Um, unbiased sources, as much as you can figure out what's unbiased and what isn't. Um, it's pretty hard to do these days, but, you know, you got to look for an attempt to find who's putting out information that isn't going to gain from it. Like this, that's what I want this to be. I've got nothing to gain here. I'm talking to myself. 
at 11.20 at night because I don't know what else to do, because I'm freaking out, because I'm scared, because I don't know what to do. I know that I want to help. I know that I've got ideas, and I know that I don't even know who to give those ideas to. I don't know who to reach out to to help, let alone if I needed help. I, I don't know where in the hell I would start if I needed help. Um, and so, you know, maybe I feel like I, I know that I'm not alone. I know that I hear all the time. I see experiences, experiences and it's like, wow, I, I went through that last week. And I thought that was just me. But obviously other people are going through it. And I think that's more and more common than any of us believe. We all have a bubble. We all stay inside of it. We feel nice and secure. Um, but you got to step out of it sometimes. you got to see what's actually happening out there, what's going on in the real world. Um, a couple things to think about, just things to sit quietly, because you, God knows we've all got plenty of time to sit quietly right now and just think about. Um, you know, you might disagree with your neighbor's political or religious leanings, uh, but do you think that their beliefs should be punishable by death? Um, do you think that, you know, just because you don't agree with your neighbor or you don't agree with the people around you that it's okay for you to assume that you're correct and they're not and make a choice that could cause them or one of their family members the worst possible scenario? Um, and that's a real thing right now. You don't know if you have it. If, uh, it's been proven over and over again that people are asymptomatic. And just because you don't have it to the extent that it is life-threatening or even dangerous or that you're not susceptible to it or whatever it is that causes that, that doesn't mean that you can't give a full-fledged version of it to somebody else and, and affect them. So if you're not willing to take your own safety into account when you make your choices, think about others. Um, and another thought, what if simply reaching out and asking if, if someone else has plenty of food and toilet paper or how they're feeling physically, mentally, or emotionally could literally save a life. Uh, caring is contagious. It can save lives. And maybe you just need to be the first one in the chain in your neighborhood to start it within your little place in the world. Um, I had a stupid, like, I don't know, it's cliche, this dumb thought. But, you know, if every person in the world would check in on their two closest neighbors, um, just check in, show a little compassion, show a desire to help that everyone would be checked in on. In fact, everyone would have two people checking in on them and no one would be able to pause their tracks. Um, and don't just assume that someone else is gonna do it. Don't assume that because someone else isn't following the social distancing, someone else isn't following the, the regulations, just whatever. That doesn't mean that it's okay for you to. You can't just say, you know, oh, well, whatever. My, it doesn't, my actions won't matter until he changes his. It has to start somewhere, so start it. Let it start with you, whatever the case may be. Um, the other thing that I heard, which I think is very, very important, um, you know, regardless of what you think my political or religious leanings are, or what yours are, or what you think your neighbors are, or whatever it is, I do not care. I don't care what church you go to. I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I do not care what it is. If you automatically do the opposite of what someone else says, simply because you don't like that person, you're allowing your ego to put yourself in a life-threatening situation based on someone else's rhetoric and instead of your specific needs. Because you're literally putting your hate of someone else ahead of your actual needs, ahead of your own safety, ahead of your own health. So, you know, just because you're a Republican and you hear something that Obama says doesn't mean that it's a lie. Doesn't mean none of that. Listen, be willing to be wrong and listen and learn. And if you're a Democrat, same deal. Just because Trump says something and you don't like him, I don't care. I don't care where you fall. Listen, maybe there'll be just a little shred of truth in there. That is one thing that I've definitely picked up during this whole ordeal, is that when someone says something in a public forum, their listeners hear one thing, or the people that follow them hear one thing and those that do not like them hear a completely opposite thing and it seems that more often than not when you actually go back and listen to what was said it's right in the middle where everybody's at we're not so far apart but we got to stop and listen and we got to stop getting our information from facebook 
Um, there's just better ways. There's better sources. You know, if your mechanic buddy was an economic genius or a health professional or any of the other qualifications, really, then he wouldn't be your mechanic neighbor. He'd be your government official neighbor or your doctor neighbor or your neighbor that actually knows what he's talking about. So keep that in mind, you know, regardless of who it is. Maybe it's something that I put on there and maybe I'm completely wrong. Let me know. But don't try to have a fight. Just educate, learn, and then walk away and everybody grows. All right. So at this point, I definitely want to make sure I tell everyone thank you for sticking with me for this long. Um, I know I definitely rambled a lot. This is my first try to podcast and it was with no script. So I was struggling through some there, but I definitely wanted everyone to be able to see the real me and be able to tell that I wasn't just reading off of a paper and that I'm speaking from the heart and uh, that I'm trying to practice what I'm trying to get everyone else to do, uh, trying to lead by example. So I do have two more notes uh, that I received via Facebook. Um, I debated back and forth what to do on one of them. Um, it's a little bit more divisive in nature, but the more I read about it and the more, or the more I read it and the more I think about it, uh, the more I think that we should include it because we do want to see every side. Uh, I'm going to keep my comments on this one to myself. Um, I don't want to start an argument. It's not the time or the place, but we are going to revisit a lot of the points that is uh, that are made in here um, and just to talk about, to look up, to see if the facts support it and to see what was, just see how the timeline looks, see how things have gone along. Uh, so anyways, let me jump right in here. Um, and then this one's going to be followed by... Uh, a letter from a teacher in Las Vegas, and uh, she's kind of experiencing things a little bit differently, and I think it's a really positive story that everyone could gain from. Um, so first off, I want to start with the uh, the first comment. It is from a, an individual from rural Kansas, um, and uh, it's a farming and ranching community of about 300, 350 people, so definitely small town, um, and his note is... <clears throat> I'm not doing much now, so I will offer comments. I think China screwed the whole world on this one by covering up the problems and delaying action to quarantine or restrict travel. I think our government acted boldly early on in the face of harsh criticism to cease travel from China, which probably bought us a lot of time and flattened our curve. Although this virus can be deadly, it seems the mortality rate is not much higher than the seasonal flu, which claims many lives every year. The only concern most people should have with getting it is if too many other people have it at the same time and hospitals are overwhelmed. I think every store or business should have a hand sanitizing station at the front door. I think the economic impact of our actions is already going to be worse than the pandemic. I think this $2 trillion stimulus bill was extremely irresponsible financially and loaded with wasteful spending. I wish people would stop expecting the government to solve and control every aspect of life. I wish government would stop trying to and pretending they can solve and control every problem. I would like people to be informed, then decide for themselves how much exposure they are willing to accept. And so it's really interesting here that I see a lot of correlations um, between our perspectives, but then also a lot of differences as well. Um, and like I said, these are things that I intend to jump in quite frequently. Um, and if it's not this question specifically, it's gonna be something just like it. Um, and if you are the one to, that you wanna ask that question, feel free. I never want anyone to feel deterred. Um, so my final one here, and uh, I'm gonna get through it relatively quickly here, but I wanted to read it in full also, like this is very positive um, and it's kind of an interesting take on it. Um, this is a teacher from Las Vegas. She says, hi Brent, I'll help you out. I'm actually in my element and feel like I've planned for this my whole life. I'm loving the quiet and the seclusion. My mom and dad both lived through the Great Depression, so they were always gardening and canning. My mom had meat in the freezer along with cakes and pies. Onions hung in pantyhose in the barn, and potatoes were in a bin covered with hay. I'm a stalker of food. I buy when it's on sale, and we could li likely live for at least six weeks to two months from our freezer and pantry, except for bread and milk. I never get bored because I'm project-oriented. I hope in the end that people learn to be more prepared and realize they can live without many things and be more kind and understanding. I hope our country realizes that there needs to be ways for families to get food without schools providing it and that everyone needs health care. I am weathering this storm just fine, and I'm actually less depressed than I've been for a long time.
Um, and then she wrote again and had some additional comments. Uh, these in regards to her husband. Uh, he's a furloughed airline employee. Uh, he took a voluntary furlough because he because he has a weakened immune system. So he is pretty depressed. His hobby is sports, period. However, he has been learning to cook, and what he has made is good. I'm still working from home, and it's crazy busy. My students are contacting me more and more often. I just find hobbies and things to do. Cleaning out drawers and closets, gardening, pulling weeds, reading a book. The world offers so much, and we always say we don't have time. Now is the perfect time to do all those things you say you never have time to do. I hope you guys are hanging in there. <clears throat> so I think this is probably really telling about what's going on around all of us, if you think about it. Um, you know, it's a husband and wife. They're pretty, they're having really different experiences than each other, uh, but they're living under the same roof and having the same external experiences. Um, but what's going on on in the inside can tell an entirely different story about someone that you're never going to see unless you're willing to ask. Uh, I can guarantee you that he's the type of guy that's going to bring a smile to every room, but this is a situation that's even harder for the extroverts. Uh, the social butterflies of our communities that feed off bringing joys to other, they, uh, they may never seem to have any worries when you consider, you know, the past encounters that you guys have had together. But social distancing is their kryptonite. Um, and with that said, you know, he's doing everything he can. He's learning a new skill in cooking. Um, I'm sure he gets to Skype with his grandkids, who he loves very much. Uh, and I guarantee that he's taking every opportunity to safely tell a joke to every stranger he sees. Um, you know, it sucks, and it sucks for all of us, but he's going to figure out this new normal. And hopefully this will help everybody get to that place. Um, once again, selfishly, I think it probably helps me just by feeling like I'm helping others and I can't wait to hear your feedback. Can't wait to hear what you have to say and can't wait to share more stories and hopefully start share some start to share some action. Uh set up a Facebook group so people can actively ask for help where they're comfortable or I can ask on their behalf where they're not. Um and start getting more submissions. Um figure out a way for people that may know me to submit anonymously. I'd love to hear some of their views and not because I want to know what their specific views are but because I want everyone to have a voice and I want everyone to hear everyone's views. And that's it. You can't discount it until you've actually heard it, until you've thought about it, until you've given someone an opportunity to either be incorrect or to teach you something new. And maybe that's where we should leave it. Just be willing to be wrong and to learn something new. Love you all. Care about your neighbors today.